Week 18 of the 2021-22 season is over, which means it's time to run it back. This is Run It Back, NBA Week in Review. The voice of the fan. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. I follow through like Kobe's money. You can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Beach Basket. Date sports, post game reports, debates and play by play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone a man up, you can ask Peach Basket. The Peach Basket, coming soon on air. The Peach Basket, where the news begins. We're dropping news like we're in the stands. Creative views from the Astros fans. This is the show where we recap the week that was, then take a deep dive into that week for select teams. Because week 18 culminated with the NBA All-Star Game, which marks the midpoint of the NBA season, we wanted to take this time to recap the first half of the season, specifically for the Los Angeles Lakers, the Miami Heat, and the Los Angeles Clippers. I'll be joined today by Isaac Edelman of our partner site, flteams.com, to talk Heat basketball, and Tom Chipo. Bar none, Tom is the best live tweeter in the game. He, Isaac, and I will share our picks for the skills, three-point, and slam dunk contests tonight. Speaking of the slam dunk contest, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. Talking between the legs, 360 windmill, perfect 10, scoring good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, and sponsor Run It Back, NBA Week in Review. The first half of the 2021-22 season is over, and we're going to provide an update on how that half season went for the Lakers, Clippers, and Heat. We're going to start by dropping the pin in Los Angeles and talking to, well, me. The process for the Lakers has been a real challenging one this half season, and instead of just providing their first half report card by myself, I'm going to bring in Isaac to join me. And Isaac, I'm giving you a heads up in three, two, one. You're here. Isaac, welcome. Thank you for joining. I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the Los Angeles Lakers, and I don't like to do it alone. So Isaac, you're here with me. Thank you. Let's talk about it. We're going to break this process down and make it really, really, really simple. We're going to do this for the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Heat. It comes down to this evaluation question. Has the first half of the season for the Lakers gone better than expected, as expected, worse than expected, but here's why, or worse than expected, and they're just bad? Now, obviously, there's a lot of, of nuance there. You, you, you can kind of, you know, you can come up with a few different categories, but that's the report card options. I'm going to go first and talk about the Lakers. The Lakers have had a rough process. This season started with high expectations, and that was really on the heels of bringing in Russell Westbrook. The Lakers had multiple Hall of Famers. I think that's undeniable. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, maybe, White Howard. 
Carmelo Anthony, on the strength of that, you know, horsepower, they were an absolute favorite to win it all. They came into the season with incredibly high expectations. And it just hasn't panned out for them. So given these options, unfortunately, the Los Angeles Lakers are worse than expected. But here's why, all right? Number one thing, Russell Westbrook is putting up the same kind of numbers that he has put up historically. He's dipped a little undeniably in points, but that's to be expected when you've got an offensive juggernaut like Anthony Davis and LeBron James, who's having one of the best offensive seasons he's ever had. He has said that he's on the best offensive run he's had in a very long time. He's not, Russell Westbrook, going to get those points, but he's shooting poorly. He's making bad turnovers. He's making turnovers at the worst possible time. He hasn't been a perfect fit. You know, and, and when LeBron came to the Lakers, there was a lot of, you know, conversation around the team that they built around him. And I'm talking back when he first started. They built a team of playmakers when historically LeBron's teams has shooters around him because LeBron is a playmaker. And, and, and so there, there's some question around the team that has been built around the Lakers initially and now. And Russell Westbrook, you know, is not a particularly good shooter. That's certainly one big thing. The other big thing ha- has been, unfortunately, you know, the the injury issues with, with, with Anthony Davis. He's still such a young uh, man. He should be at the peak of his career, but he just can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the court. When he does, he's, he's amazing. He's a phenomenal basketball player. And him and LeBron together have proven that they can, they can, they can win titles. I mean, they've proven that, but he just can't stay on the court. The reason the Lakers right now are 27 and 31, which obviously is not great, but the reason they're that good is on the strength of LeBron James. I I, I did to LeBron what I've been doing to the San Antonio Spurs for decades. It seems like for certainly for multiple years, and that's count them out. I thought this would be the season where we started to see a little wear and tear in LeBron James. I thought this would be the season we started to see some dip in his numbers. And we're not seeing him. He's been phenomenal. He's been unbelievable. He has literally taken that team on his shoulders and willed them to win. It's because of him that they are 27 and 31. Um, So that's the positive. You know, Carmelo Anthony started hot and then has cooled off. But the... The supporting cast of the you know the Lakers team is is just not particularly good. Bazemore, DeAndre Jordan, Avery Bradley, you know, these are players that were just essentially unemployed, and, and the Lakers brought them in because they were cheap. Now, AB Avery Bradley has been good in spots, but the others not so much. So it's been a challenging season. I would think that you know you you probably you know some people have made the argument that they you know they would fit into worse than expected. They're just bad. I don't think the Lakers are bad. And, and I think what's very interesting about them is that if they get AD back before uh, the, the play-in tournament, which is you know probably where they're going to land, they still could be really dangerous. Now, of course, there's a lot of ifs. If AD gets back and he's healthy and at 100%, if LeBron continues the run he's on, if Westbrook, there have been two Russell Westbrooks, right? There's been one Russell Westbrook that will have, you know, nine points, Six, four assists and six turnovers. We can't have, Lakers cannot have that Russell Westbrook. But if they have the Russell Westbrook who has, say, 15 points, 11 uh, boards, 
nine assists and a turnover, that Russell Westbrook combined with Anthony Davis, a healthy Anthony Davis and a still excelling LeBron James, that's a dangerous team. And it's possible. I that you know possible that they make a run, possible that they you know make it to the finals, doubtful, possible that they make it to the Western Conference Finals, also doubtful, but possible that they get out of the play in tournament and make some noise in the first round. So I think overall, the Lakers probably fit between the two bottom uh, categories. Worse than expected, they're just bad. Worse than expected, but here's why. Uh, and that's certainly not where they wanted to be at this point. But that's where they are. Isaac, I'm ready to jump to the Miami Heat, unless you had anything to ask specific to the Los Angeles Lakers. Do you agree with me? I, I guess is a good place to start. Yeah, I think the ordinary person, which is myself, maybe. Most of the time, I think, would we'll, we'll agree with you. And that's why I think we should just jump onto the Heat, a better team, as you'd admit. But, yeah. Look. Wow. You know, that dig was unnecessary. The dig was unnecessary. And, and on behalf of all of Laker Nation, I, I'm just going to call you out on that. The dig was unnecessary. Well, you know what is necessary? What is? Your comments towards the Lakers. They were 100% accurate. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I think at that point, yeah, let's, let's just move on. <laughs> I somehow thought you were going to throw in a year of comment. I, I guess it's coming later. It's time to drop the pin in or around Miami and talk to Isaac Edelman. Isaac comes to us from our partner site, flteams.com. They cover all Florida sports, not just the heat, but he's a passionate heat fan and excited to have him on. Let's talk the first half for the heat. Here are the report card options. Let's start with that. And then obviously you can elaborate. How was the first half of the, 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 the season for the Miami Heat? Well, the stats speak for itself. The standings speak for itself. Yeah. But I think most importantly is watching them visually and as a team. And when you talk about the Miami Heat as a team, you find out very quickly that the Heat played better than expected in the first half. Now, the first half of the season was expected to be good. And it was expected to see the Heat atop the East. But... No one saw the Heat at first place in the East, and that's where the Heat are right now, yeah. this second. And, and what's important is the Miami Heat made no trades at the NBA trade deadline, and also the Heat suffered one of the most injuries in the NBA. But, you know, with Heat culture and just working as a team, the Heat find ways to escape their troubles. So, yeah, the Heat definitely played Better than expected the first half of the season. That's with Victor Oladipo playing zero games. That's with players going in COVID protocols, which is common for every NBA team. But Adebayo has been injured a whole lot this season. Jimmy Butler, many stretches of the season, he's been out. And also Kyle Lowry, he's been out because of personal injuries for a few weeks. He just got back, but Hero hasn't played the last few games. He's injured, so the Heat really suffering a lot of injuries. But it hasn't seemed to phase them because, look, the numbers speak for itself. First in the East. So, you know, if we're talking about Heat basketball, you see where they are right now. First in the Eastern Conference, right? Sitting at 38 and 21. 17 games above 500. That is so impressive. Especially in an Eastern Conference that has been stacked. So let's quickly just break down, you know, th these Heat, you know, players. Jimmy Butler averaging 21.8 points per game this season, 6.4 rebounds per game, and six assists. Terrific numbers, right? Anytime you see a player average 25 and 5, that stands out. 
Butler also gets to the free throw line a lot, and, and he's Miami's facilitator. Why? Well, the Heat now have an actual point guard that can play in Kyle Lowry. Speaking of Kyle Lowry, he's only averaging 13 points per game. He is definitely playing below expectations for the Heat in the first half of the season. But guess what? His assist numbers are way above expectations. He's averaging six assists per game. No. He, he's averaging five. No. Guess what, guys? He is averaging 7.9 assists per game. That's there basically you go. eight assists per game, right? That is so impressive. And the Heat, it looks like every player has a more important task than just scoring. Jimmy Butler has said it in his interviews. He wants to facilitate Miami's offense. And he's an anchor on defense. He's a terrific defensive player, one of the league leaders in steals, as he's been in the past few years. And then you have Bam Adebayo. He is a defensive star. I still like to see you know more out of him from the offensive end, but he is averaging 18.6 points per game. 10 rebounds per game. It's pretty good. Um, really no complaints. He's He has injury concerns, but I would like to see him eventually hit that 20 points per game mark because that would make him an actual all-star. Yeah, but, but those are really the, Miami's key players. I do have to bring up Tyler Hero. 20 points per game. Exactly 20 points per game. Off the bench most of this season. He's the likely six-man-of-the-year award winner. I know we just talked about the Lakers, Jose. It would be Carmelo Anthony as, you know, his competition, but Anthony is obviously out for a while. So I yeah. think if, if Tyler Hero could just stay healthy the rest of the way, he will bring home the NBA six-man-of-the-year award. But Hero's really impressive. His three-point shot's good. He's, you know, proving the haters wrong because he's putting up 20 points per game. And if you think about it, that's impressive because he's putting up 7.4 shot, shots made per game. That's more than Jimmy Butler, but Butler gets to the free throw line. So maybe if Hero gets to the free throw line more, he could be Miami's leading scorer next season. And, hmm. and that's impressive. But yeah, you know, to sum it all up, Heat first in the East. They are just rolling. Eric Spostra, top coach. Pat Riley, we know who he is. And then I also didn't bring up anyone off the bench. I'm not even going to bring it up. Oh, Mary, You just Look, did. Yeah, well, we won't in-depthly <laughs> talk about oh, him. We'll gotcha. talk about Max Strews, Gabe Vincent, Caleb well, Martin. And, and let me stop you there because I, I was going to ask a question, and, and I think they're a part of the answer. You know, we started with the Lakers, and, and, and you know, I, I lamented the fact that they had a lot of injuries. The Clippers, who we're going to get to next, have had a lot of injuries. And it's cost them a lot of games. The Heat have had a lot of injuries, too, and a lot of players miss time. Key players, but they're first in the East. Why? Well, it's their bench players, and I know that's why you brought it up into the yeah. conversation. Gabe Vincent is Miami's backup point guard. Kyle Lowry's been out, right? He, I mean, when I say he, I mean Gabe Vincent. I'm sorry, I want to be specific. Gabe Vincent has been playing terrific. This is a guy out of UCSB. That's not a top basketball school, right? Yet, Miami turns him into a star. And what Vincent's doing is just hitting shots when he needs to. And he is dishing out assists. This is a young guy, right? Out of a low college. When I say low, he might be the only NBA star out of that school. Then Max Drews, he's a three-point star, and he's really stepped up 
because of Duncan Robinson's, you know, miscues this season. Duncan Robinson, besides not putting up as good numbers as the previous years, he fouls a lot, and he fouls out quite a few times. But, yeah, to, to answer your question, Jose, it's, it's just Miami's depth and their bench. And it's not that Miami's bench is better than other teams' depth and benches. It's just simply that the Heat play hard and they play as a team. The Lakers have, and I think many people will agree, more popular bench players than the Heat. But popular doesn't mean anything. Except, you know, these Lakers bench pieces are veterans. Maybe Hall of Famers, right? Droid Howard, Carmelo Anthony. But the Heat just are more, you know, they just ran well. And that has yeah. to do with team management and playing as yeah. a team. So I know I kept on touching on those, you know, team, you know, team tips, you know, team management tips. Yeah. But that, that's what the Heat do. It's called Heat culture, baby. And yeah. to be honest with you, Eric Spoelstra is a young coach. The Heat are going to be a force to be reckoned with for a while. And yet again, Victor Oladipo has yet to play one game this season. So right. the Heat are just getting better. You know, I've always been, I don't want to say a fan of, but I've always said that a good team is going to be a a, a, a a group of players, right? Right now, the Lakers are still a group of players. They're phenomenal. They're very good individual players, but they, they haven't shown to be that cohesive team yet. The Heat are that cohesive team. There's no doubt about it. I think that counts for a lot, and that's going to beat you, or that's going to win you games over players, right? Teams over a group of players, always. So the one thing I don't have yet, because I think it was a phenomenal first half recap, and I think the Heat are, you know, phenomenal. And I think they've, they've got a great chance to come out of the East. What's their grade? We've got, you got four options. Yeah, better than expected. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to go with as expected, but... Better than expected. You you didn't expect yeah. them to be first at uh, at this juncture. Absolutely not. The Bucks, the Nets, th yeah. those teams will always haunt you and be on top of the East. And I I did have like the Heat and Bulls very similar to each other, and right. hey, that that has turned out. So I, I guess I guess you know the Bucks and Nets were not playing as expected, and where I had the Heat and Bulls, you know, being similar, they are similar but better than expected, right? First and second in the East. Right. And if you want to be honest, the Bulls. Caruso's been out for a while. There was a stretch of the season where Vucevic was out. I mean, the Bulls and Heat are proving why injuries, I mean, you could call them an excuse, but it shouldn't be the difference between being a good team and a bad team. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. Every season there will be injuries. Every team is going to have injuries. I think the only team that has escaped it in the first half of the season have been the Phoenix Suns, who are first in the West. But now CP3 looks like he might miss some time. Yeah. Now, uh, it'll I, be interesting just to see the Suns, like, if they get injured, how they perform. Because sure. that's when you could compare the Heat to the Suns. Look, the mm -hmm. Heat played the Suns once a season, the Heat win. I'm that biased Heat fan that will say the Heat are better, right? But I think uh, accurate analysis of which team is better can be given once the Suns go through injury problems. Yeah. And they're there. Let's see. Hopefully, CP3 doesn't miss too many games, but you know, certainly is a possibility going into the second half of the season. I did have to look it up, but I will tell you, for all the Gauchos watching, UCSB Gauchos, there have been 10 NBA players 
from UCSB, Gabe Vincent being one of them. Obviously, probably the biggest name in the bunch was Brian Shaw, who was Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know, I won't call him a legend, but certainly a great, uh, a really good player for the Los Angeles Lakers for sure. Isaac, appreciate that update. Thank you. It is time now to drop the pin once again in Los Angeles and talk to me once again. We talk Los Angeles Clippers. We're going to use the same criteria we used for the Lakers in the Heat. You see it in front of you there. Was their first half better than expected, as expected, worse than expected? But here's why. Worse than expected, they're just bad. The Clippers, like every NBA team, aside from the Phoenix Suns, have gone through injury. They came into this season knowing Kawhi Leonard was not going to play, or at least not going to play a significant amount of the season. That was, we knew that. From the start, Paul George was iffy. We didn't know if Paul George was going to play or not, but he did play and then he got hurt. And it, you know, it, it, it's, it's been tough for the Clippers. Think of losing your top two best players for the Lakers. That'd be LeBron and AD. That changes everything. The Clippers have somehow been able to keep their head above water. It's been pretty amazing. And I think the Clippers and I've said this about them before, kind of mimic or mirror the heat in the sense that they are a very good team. Ty Lue has gotten some accolades from LeBron James, no less, for what he does as a coach. The Clippers are a very good team. They work well together. They compete well together. What I like about watching them play is they are always trying. Um, there's always energy. There's always hustle, uh, no matter the score, which is why they've been able to come back from some pretty amazing deficits this season. They're a fun team to watch, and they are a team, which is pretty good. That's what you want to be. So given these options, I think that their season probably fits somewhere between as expected and worse than expected, but here's why. They did not expect Paul George to be out this long. Um, certainly the trade shook things up. They've got in you know, Norman Powell, who immediately got hurt. Robert Covington, who's been really good on the defensive side and, and hitting shots when he needs to. This is a good team. I think right now, you know, the only question for the Clippers is, are they going to get PG back? Are they going to get Kawhi back? You know, for any stretch this season, if they do, like I said about the Lakers, the Clippers will be scary because you get all of those players back in time, including Norman Powell which arguably would be the top three players on the Clippers team, they're going to make some real damage in the playoffs. I don't think there's any denying that. Right now, I moved away from it. They are currently at just above the Lakers. My screen isn't refreshing. I'll share. Oh, there it is. 30 and 31, so just a tick under 500, which again, in and of itself, that doesn't look good. But imagine what your favorite team would look like if you were short your top two, top three best players. Uh, the Clippers are doing good. They're holding their head above water. I say as expected, again, because they went into the season knowing Kawhi wouldn't play a significant amount of time, if any. So, you know, they're right there between as expected, worse than expected. And the reason why is because they have lost PG. But this is a team that could do some damage. And this is a team really that is now built with Norman Powell and Robert Covington for next year. When you think about what this team's going to look like at the start of next season with, you know, God willing, a healthy Kawhi, a healthy Paul George, a healthy Norman Powell, and all of the experience that the team got this season, they're going to do uh, some pretty scary things next season. I think they're going to go in a favorite in, in next season. But, but 
yeah, this season's not over yet. They're, they've got to get these guys back to have a chance. If they don't, and you know, I'm going to assume that they're not going to get any of those players back for any significant amount of time to make any kind of real, real difference, I think this team is going to likely fall into the play-in. It would be pretty epic, and it would turn L.A. on its heels to have a Lakers-Clippers matchup in any way, shape, or form, which is possible in the play-in. They should be able to get out of the play-in. Uh, after that, if they end up you know, playing the Suns in the first round, you know, who knows what that's going to look like. Probably not good for the Clippers, though. But not a bad report card for them considering you know, what they're missing. That's my Clippers update. Isaac, what do you think? Hey, I, I, I really like, you know, what the Clippers are doing, and I like your analysis of them. Having Kawhi Leonard out and, you know, having Paul George out for most of the first half is tough. I do want to ask you about Paul George because yeah. when he started the season, I know he was heavily talked about on social media. He was proving the haters wrong. He was putting up, I think he was one of the league leaders in points per game, right? He was an MVP candidate for a good stretch, absolutely. Yeah. If he was healthy, what do you think? I know, I know, it's just yeah. like a wild prediction, and whatever you say might not be correct. But I just want to hear what you think. If Paul George was healthy, what do you think the Clippers look like right now? Yeah, that's a good question. I had to look at the the standings. I think Paul George, a healthy Paul George, and and this is a guy who finished second or third in MVP voting for the Oklahoma City Thunder just a few years ago. A phenomenal shooter was having a great year this year before he got hurt. I would think that that would give the Clippers you know, five to six, maybe seven extra wins. That might be a bit of a stretch. Now, if we go with five or six, right then that puts the Lakers or the pardon me, the Clippers at 35, 36 wins, which is going to put them right about the fourth or fifth spot in the West. I don't think that's unreasonable. Now, you know, it's always interesting to think about, you know, the what if scenario because you don't know what other dominoes would have fallen if Paul George would have played and the and the Clippers would have been at four or five. Would they have pulled the trigger and brought in Norman Powell and Robert Covington? So much other stuff could have changed. But to answer your question, I I, I think that there's no doubt that the Clippers would be five to six and potentially seven games better than where they're at right now, which would put them right at about the four or five spot in the West um, without their best player. And Kawhi Leonard. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's so, great. That's great. You know, and, and, sorry to cut you off. But no, no, go ahead. And these standings, that's amazing. Like six games, that doesn't seem like a lot. But then when you say one player making a difference of six games, yeah. that's a lot. But then you look at the standings, that moves you up a few seeds. It's like, wow. That's why the NBA is a unique game, a unique sport, because yeah. unlike other sports, it is a team sport, right? But an individual player can make a big difference in the NBA, whereas in other sports, one player can make an impact, but I don't think yeah. one player could, you know, change a win into a loss or a loss into a win. Yeah, and, and you know, what's unique about Paul George is that he plays good on both ends, right? And, and there's just, those types of players are few and far between. He's very good offensively, he's very good defensively, and the Clippers have been in most every game. They don't get blown out generally, which is why I think yeah, he would have been able to push them forward in a significant amount of games. But we'll see. It, it didn't happen. He's out. Hopefully things uh, move in the right direction for the Los Angeles Clippers. That is our first half recap for those three teams, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Heat. Now, 
we're introducing a new segment, and I'm going to go ahead and move Isaac and I to the background because we have got a new segment with its own introductory video. Our crack graphics team has worked overtime to create this short intro. Did you call bank? I call game. Hey, I call game. Hey. That's right. Call your shot. Isaac, it's time for me, you, and it was going to be Tom to call our shots, but Tom isn't here. He dropped, I'm afraid. He was having some issues with his, so I'm guessing maybe he tried to reboot. Hopefully he'll join us, but I've talked about Tom before on this show. He live tweets Lakers, Warriors, and recently on occasion, he's been uh, live tweeting Pelicans games, and he's literally the best there is at live tweeting. He has a keen eye for the game. And it, it's honestly, as I follow his live tweets, you feel like you're watching the game. And and he, it's very unique, and he's very good at what he does. And hopefully he'll be able to join us for this segment. Um, but if not, we certainly will link to all of the accounts so y'all can follow Tom and, and see if I'm right or wrong about how good he is at live tweeting. Before we get into Call Your Shot, I wanted to remind you once again to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and sponsor of Run It Back, NBA Week in Review. Isaac, before we get going, I'm going to just go ahead and put that code up so everybody can be reminded. And let's do it. This is our first segment of Call Your Shot. Let's take a look at what it is that we're going to ask you, Isaac, and hopefully Tom, if he happens to join us. Today's the All-Star Game. It actually, the festivities start, well, they started yesterday, but today they've got the skills contest, the three-point shooting contest, and the slam dunk contest. Isaac and I are going to call our shots. We want to pick a winner. We're going to go on record as picking that winner and, you know, justify our pick. Isaac, Tom isn't here yet. Hoping he joins, but I'm going to give you the first shot. Before we get into it, I forgot. The skills challenge has changed a little bit. So, let me go ahead and just kind of recap it a little bit before, Isaac, you get your pick, okay? These are the three teams. It's the Cavs. The game is in Cleveland. The Atentacumpos. I knew I was going to have a hard time they, with that. They couldn't pick a different name for that. I mean. They... Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, Tom's back. Right on. Let me let me bring in Tom. Tom, I'm glad you're here. Or no. Yep. We got you now. And I, and I can hear you. Extra. Sorry clear. about that. No, no worries. I'm glad you were able to make it. And your timing is perfect. So the Atenecumbos and the Rooks, right? Now, here is the way the skills contest is going to play out because it's a little different. Um, there are going to be three rounds. The first round is team shooting. The, the players are going to have 30 seconds to shoot from five different spots between 10 to 30 feet, different spots, different points. The teams are going to rebound for each other. After that, there's going to be team passing. All players on the team participate. They're, they're going to pass. They're going to throw passes into three different oversized moving targets, 
which will be very interesting. Uh, and then there's the team relay, that one we've seen before where they go, you know, across the, you know, the different skills, throw an outlet pass to a moving target, dribble down the court, et cetera. Now, after those three rounds, the top two teams are going to participate in a half-court shooting contest. So you've got to take a look at these, these three options, three, these three teams, and pick the winner. They've got to be phenomenal at shooting, phenomenal at passing, phenomenal at the relay, and then they've got to be able to hit a half-court shot to win it. Isaac, we said we're going to start with you, so we're going to start with you. Who is your pick? Pick your shot. This is not even close. I'm going with Team Rookies. Look, I know Omer Yurtsevin is not on that list. He should have, but I'm fine with that. <laughs> what team on here has the most speed? What team on here can pass the best? What team on here can shoot the best? Yeah. The answer to all of those questions is Team Rooks. Look, Team Antet or whatever their last name. I don't That's mean to Okay, yeah, I don't mean to disrespect them, but Giannis, look, he is a phenomenal player, but he, I, I don't think he would do good in any of those relays. Maybe the half-court shot because he has the arm. But his brothers are not going to be of any help. Now, Team Cavs, they do have the crown on their side. Jared Allen, I feel like, could make three-pointers. He could make a half-court shot. Darius Garland, Evan Mobley. I mean, really, Darius Garland's the only one on this list that I think could do good. But, yeah, Team Rooks, more speed. They can definitely shoot better. I mean, all of it. Like, Scotty Barnes is the tallest one out of the Cunningham and Giddy. But Moldy uh, Barnes can knock down the three. So we'll right. see. We'll see. Isaac but I think... is on record. Team Rooks. Tom, you're shaking yeah. your head. You disagree with your – It has to be Team Cavs to me. I mean, look at the way they played last night. I mean, that was probably one of the most intense uh, NBA All-Star games with the whole different format change with get into 50 points and then 25 points. No, Evan Mobley was – was exceptional. I think the Cavs have a lot of good team chemistry together, and I don't think you should take them lightly. I mean, even if you didn't have LeBron James there anymore, I mean, the team has been has been so exceptional, and they've done a really good job in building their pieces back. I, I think the Cavs wow. are a very good team. Nice. All right. I love it. I love that there's a difference of opinion. I... I love the Cavs. They're in Cleveland. It accounts for a lot. I love Evan Mobley. I think he's a phenomenal basketball player. I'm not certain. I think the Cavs team would win a rebounding contest. That's the one thing exactly. they don't have in the skills contest. The Atenecumpos are very good, but, you know, like Isaac called out, you know, Giannis is going to kind of carry that team. The Rooks have got a lot of energy. They're, they're phenomenal. Josh Giddy, he's come out of nowhere. He is the youngest player to have three triple-doubles in a row. He's doing some amazing things in the NBA. I think Tenekumbo's coming third, the Cavs come in second, and the Rooks take the win. So we'll see. We'll see, but we're I, calling I have, our shot. I just have one thing to say. Please. Giddy might be a top five player on the whole NBA in terms of this uh, precision passing. I, 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 you want me? You want me to? I'll, I'll mark that down. He is an amazing passer. We've seen some yeah. amazing. Pa I I know I sent you that TikTok in the Slack chat a few weeks ago. The Thunder don't make shots, right? Maybe he'd be on Sports Center top ten more often if his teammates made the shots on the terrific passes. He does. But yeah, he's an exciting um, player. I cannot wait to watch his evolution. He's and we'll see how he does with amazing. these targets because the targets are hard. I love when they show the different camera angles. It's challenging. People think it's easy. It's not. Ah, 
I don't think any of the all-star games easy anymore. I think the NBA has a very unique approach of how they do their entire all-star game. It's fun to watch. And, you know, I've always appreciated about the NBA that they understand they're an entertainment league. They're in it to entertain you. And and they've done a really good job with the All-Star game. I, I Admittedly, for me personally, I, I'm always taken aback by the Taco Bell skills. And no offense to Taco Bell. The AT&T, the Mountain Dew, everything is branded or, you know, corporate sponsored. But it is, that's just the way we do things. But we've got it. We've called our shots. We'll see who's right. On to the next one. The three-point contest, you've got the participants here, Desmond Bain, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, CJ McCullough, Patty Mills, Carl Anthony Towns, a big guy, Fred Van Vliet, and Trey Young. Wow. Mm. Uh, that's a pretty good group of three-point shooters. Isaac, we'll start with you. Call you a shot. Who's your pick? Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is not a particularly popular pick. Uh, I'm surprised. Okay. Do you want to elaborate or are you just going to drop the mic? No, it's Desmond Bain. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, what do you got? Um, This is going to be probably a surprise. I mean, this is a team I just delved into a bit. I think uh, CJ McCollum is actually a very good player. And uh, for the Pelicans, I mean, I mean, it's very difficult to not have Zion Williamson there, but I think CJ is actually a very good talent that a lot of people just don't really recognize right now. So I think he's an underrated player. And, you know, sometimes underrated players win these competitions and you don't expect it at all. And I think he's probably one of the best players in this entire three-point contest. Undeniable great choice. I love that he's in it. And interesting, I just noticed I pulled this image from the NBA site, and he's still in a Portland jersey, which is kind of weird. That came from the NBA site. I got to believe that Trey Young is going in as the favorite because of what he does out on the court. When I look at it, I think a dark horse would be Patty Mills, who is you know so good you know in game. He just he just seems to lock in. He's one of those underrated players that you just called out, Tom. But I have got to go with the only lefty in the bunch. Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard just came off a game where he hit a career-high eight three-pointers, and he just he, he, he ate a nine, and he just looks so smooth doing it. It's a great ramp up to this game. He comes in hot from distance. I got Luke Kennard winning it all. We've called our shot. We got one more. Probably the most exciting event it goes all the way back to you know the 70s, I think, when it started in the NBA with Dr. Dr. J. Now you, you don't have, you know, kind of the marquee uh, players, maybe the players you want to see, but this is always an exciting contest. Cole Anthony, Juan Toscano Anderson, Jalen Green, or Obi Topin. Isaac, call your shot. I want to first point out that this is one of the worst group of slam dunkers in NBA history. And it's probably because the big names just don't want to participate. Yeah. But in terms of popularity, Juan Toscano Anderson is... How many jersey sales does he have? I don't mean to be... How many jersey sales does he have? I I don't know. Maybe five? (laughs) Anyway. uh, Isaac, you're coming in hot today, man. Somebody... Are you having a bad day today? No, I'm just ready. Just to okay. see Jimmy Butler in the All-Star game tomorrow. I, I, gotcha. I'm just ready. Okay. But, but anyway, look, I, I just wanted to point that out. I'm sorry. But, like, 
this group just doesn't like excite. Like, right? You want to watch the slam dunk contest. You want to get excited, right? Yeah. All right. Let's say it starts at eight o'clock. You want to say, I I can't wait till eight o'clock comes. Right? I'm gonna go get Chick Fil A right now, but I want to be right there on my couch at eight o'clock. Yeah, I just don't feel that way. Got it. So okay. this prediction really could care less to me, but I'm just gonna go with Cole Anthony. I feel like he is most creative out of the rest of them. I do feel like he has the least hops out of the rest of them. I don't know. But I'm going with Cole Anthony. <laughs> I, I, I feel like he's the most creative, and creativity wins. Creativity yeah, no doubt. definitely wins. I couldn't agree more. Uh, all right, a tepid pick, but call your shot from Isaac. Cole Anthony, Tom, who are you picking tonight? I mean, I do agree in a sense that this is obviously not a very good slam dunk roster to me. I wish there was, like, Giannis or, like, LeBron in it or somebody. Yeah, but... what, about, what about your team? Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I want Giannis in, in the dunk contest. Are you kidding? Or Jokic. <laughs> Put somebody in there that could give me give it a show. But if I had to pick one of these four players here, I'm going to probably say Jalen Green would be for me mm-hmm. at this point because I do like the way the Rockets have played this year, even though yeah. the wins really don't back it up and – they're having a lot of growing pains, like the Pelicans, for example, and they just can't get it together. And they play one of the toughest schedules in the league, like the Lakers do, like the Pelicans do. But for me, I think Jalen Green would be I, – I think this is a huge moment for him, and let's see if he can get it done. Nice. Solid picks and, and, and solid rationalization behind both of your picks, but you're both wrong. The winner tonight okay. – <laughs> The winner tonight – Will be Obi Topin from New York. This guy, you know, and I'm, I'm I'm a West Coast guy, so I don't get to watch, unfortunately, a lot of Knicks basketball. But the highlights that I've seen, this guy just he's effortless when he when he jumps. He's got incredible, incredible. Um, he can jump really high. <laughs> and he does it effortlessly. But I keep going back to what you said, Isaac, and I think you're absolutely right. The ability to dunk in and of itself means nothing. You know, my claim to fame uh, is I did dunk a basketball one time. It was in high school, and I've never done it again. But I did it once, and it's not easy to do. All of these guys are incredible. But just to be able to do that means literally nothing. You've got to have some pizzazz. You have to have a little flair. you got to jump over a car. Uh, you've got to jump over the mascot, right? You've got to do it with a little pizzazz. And I'm hoping that Obi brings that in. The conversations I've seen with him, the interviews I've seen with him, he seems to have a really good pers- personality. Hopefully that'll translate to his dunks. I'm picking Obi. I love that we all pick somebody different. That's it. We've called our shot. We've etched it in stone. I'm going to tweet all this out and we'll see who's right. Oh, also, the- please. I do the dunk contest, and uh, we know this from my man Dwayne Wade and uh, Derek Jones Jr. when they won that dunk contest a few years ago. Who are the voters? Do we know? Because because that is a good question by me. Because I know if we could figure that out, that may you know change our opinions. I know we already said our stance, but for example, if if we had Spike Lee, <laughs> he'd pick Obi Toppin. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, hey. well, like Vince Carter was like one of the greatest dunkers I've ever seen in this competition. Yeah, yeah. Vince was was, was amazing. But Back we, when the good players did participate. No offense to these. Now, guys. like everybody wants to opt out. Like Curry opted out of the three point contest. Also, yeah. 
All it tells me, Isaac, is that there will be five judges that will score every dunk. It does not name the judges, and that's probably by design. It'll probably be, you know, the usual suspects, you know, the TNT crew, maybe Dr. J, who's done it before, a WNBA player, uh, but who knows, man, who knows. But that's oh, it, man. Wait, we wait, can't wait, take wait, it wait, back. Wait. I, I, may, I may have judges in a second. Yeah, the, they did not, they purposely... Yeah. Did not list the judges, but they said there will be five. Ju- yeah. Yeah, that's what that I. That sucks. Said. Hey, I, I would think Shaq would vote for Cole Anthony, right? Well, I guess some of the celebrities that dunk in there too. They were good last night. Yeah, Garrett right threw down a windmill, yeah. which was. How about, I, I, uh, how about uh, Gian Marco? I mean, this guy could like jump like so high. Put him in there. <laughs> And who knows? They might. Again, this is what I love about the NBA. They understand they're an entertainment league. So it'd be great, I think, to have a celebrity in the in the in the judges certainly uh, chamber, for lack of a better word. Well, that's it. Our votes have been calculated. I'm going to tweet them out. They're etched in stone. We've called our shot. That was fun. We need to do that more often. That's it. The clock is showing all zeros on week 18 which is now in the books. Join us again next week for the second half, or pardon me, as the second half of the NBA season gets underway when we run back week 19. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll talk again next week. Enjoy the NBA. Voice of the fan. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. I follow through like Kobe's money. You can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Peach Basket. Date sports, post game reports, debates and play by play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone a man up, you can ask Peach Basket. The Peach Basket, coming tune on air. The Peach Basket, where the news begins. We're dropping news like we're in the stands. Creative views from the average fans. The Peach